Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike Lepree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 122 of Screwball, and this week was a little bit of a slower news week, um, definitely slower than the, uh, with the Tatis news we had last week, and then, you know, with all the trade deadline news, so kind of a slowdown here leading up to, you know, getting into September baseball shortly, within another 10 days about, um, of recording this, I should say. Um, but we still do have some, some meaty pieces of news. Uh, one in particular, uh, that I'm going to lead off with here, it could be a very, very big piece of news depending on how the rest of the season shakes, shakes out. But, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into the news section of the show and lead off here with the Albert Pujols possible chase for 700. Now, uh, after a recent hot streak by Albert Pujols, I believe he hit two home runs in one day and then a, a grand slam the day before. So we had three and two games or something. I think he has five in, in a week or something. He's, he's. He's just been hitting the cover off the ball. The future Hall of Famer finds himself just eight home runs from the elusive 700 career home run mark. Uh, Only Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Barry Bonds have reached the feet, while Alex Rodriguez would be the next closest. He came up four short at 696. So, Poolhouse has about 40 games left in the season. Well, 40 games left on the schedule. However many he starts is remains to be seen, but there's about 40 games left on the docket. Can he do it? He'd have to average a home run every five games. To hit the to hit the 700 mark on the dot, so I, I, the way he's hitting, I, it's certainly possible. I think we're definitely seeing the effects of that COVID year now. Yeah. If he's eight away, you got to figure he hits eight in that COVID year at, at this point, he, or he's, he's got to be at least he's got to be it's five or something, right? Yeah, a couple. You, you got to think he's he's very close. So can he still do it? You yes. sure he can. He's the hottest player in baseball since the also break. I believe he's batting over 400 since the also break. Yeah, and he and uh, I believe he does consistently find at bats against lefties. Um, right now, all if, time. Yeah, he's been a lot. Yeah, and it, even regardless, um, you know, he usually does find his way into the lineup or find a pinch hit here and there. So um, he's definitely going to get the at bats. Uh, does he do it? I, I think he can. Um, he's one multi home run, another multi home run game away from doing it. Yeah, because then come in and hit two. And then all of a sudden he's you know he's just got to hit a couple here and there. He's right. got it. Yeah. So he's 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 getting close. It's getting exciting. So we'll see how that plays out. But that could be a big piece of news if he gets to seven hundred, or even if he gets say he hits six ninety seven, he gets just one above a rod or, or you know whatever he he'd be top four all time. You know he's already top five. But then you you know but then if you get above six ninety six and you're just three at least three away from 700 it's He's like that that becomes a, tough gotta come back for a week or so hit it yeah and he would too if he came back um then obviously start talking about the rbis uh him becoming second there so there's a lot going on for pulos obviously he's a hall of famer still so there's no question there it's just yeah. how many how much can the stats get padded you know but the next piece of news moving on to number two is complete opposite end of the spectrum so we have the new york mets debuting star brett Beatty. he debuted on wednesday night Last week, and he joined a rare company of people who have homered in their first at bat as a major leaguer. So, in a matchup between the Mets and the Braves, Beatty in the top of the second launched a two-run home run off Jake Odorizzi and gave the Mets a four-nothing lead over the Atlanta Braves. So, going from a guy who's hit, we're questioning 700 home runs, 
um, go into a guy who in his first major league at bat hits a home run. So pretty cool guy, 22 years old, uh, really highly regarded prospect. I believe he was the Mets number two prospect behind, um, that catching prospect. Um, yeah. So, you know, good for him, good for the Mets because, you know, they've had success this season. Uh, they've got an owner that is willing to spend more and you've got young stars like this that are coming up and performing. Um, away from fifth, fifth place. Yeah. You still got, uh, quite quite a bit to go to get to pool host and, and those guys so but it's a nice start you get a home run your first at bat you're on a good uh you're on a good trajectory oh, yeah you're gonna pace for about eight thousand yeah right. i'd say so um yeah he's a top prospect kind of david wright-esque you kind of hear with the mets fans anytime a a guy uh comes up plays third base top prospect you know you kind of get the david Wright feel so yeah um no that's good good for them to have young guys absolutely yeah it's good for the game. You always have young guys coming up that could be potential stars. So, and the third piece of news I have here, just a little bit more of a, uh, just a quick mention. I'd like to make that the Baltimore Orioles won the 2022 uh, Little League Classic. They beat the Boston Red Sox Sunday night in Williamsport. Um, they won five to two. And next year's contest will be between the Nationals and the Phillies. Um, nothing, you know, super worth noting. Obviously, the Orioles are looking almost at a wild card spot at this point. So yeah. it's kind of a, you know, these wins are getting uh, important yeah. for them. Camden Red Yards, Sox, obviously not as much, but. Camden Yards jumping. I know. Yeah. I mean, even, good. even. It's a good stadium to have fans in. Even though they ruined it in left field, well, but I'll at least, see. you know, at least, <laughs> you know, at least they got. Uh, That's why they lost a home game. Yeah. To the Little League because no one wanted to watch see that place. <laughs> that um, monstrosity, but uh, it's good. It's good to see them in the hunt and uh, being competitive and. Playing, playing competitive baseball is exciting for Baltimore fans. Yeah, and the Little League Classic is, uh, I think it's a cool thing. It's, it's the nice. stage they've been on since the playoffs. Yeah, that's right? true. That's yeah. very true. It's just how it is. So Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. You know, next year they're going to have the Nationals of Phillies. I think the Cooperstown, that's something they could look at, Cooperstown Classic. That would be awesome. Yeah, I wish they would, yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, some news I have here, uh, we have the Harris extension for the Braves. He got, what, a seven-year deal? $70 million, which isn't really that much. Yeah. But again, it's still a little early, so you might be paying somebody that ends up not being that good, or you've got a great great steal for at least a couple of years before you, you know you change that deal up. Yeah, I think it's a good deal overall. I think it works for both sides. Yeah, it's how you keep the course together. Yeah. Uh, we had the Phillies as a franchise. Got their 10,000th win. You know, one of the oldest franchises, if not the oldest franchise. Well, not the oldest, the Reds, but um, one of the oldest franchises. But they got, I think they're the ninth team to have 10,000 or more wins. Mm-hmm. So good for them. And we've seen uh, Aaron Boone fired up in two post-game conferences in a row uh, for the Yankees after some struggles, lots of struggles. Uh, the second one being the other day when he slammed the table and it was going really nuts, hmm. um, which was something we haven't really seen Boone do ever. Um, and not many managers really do. The yeah. post-game conference kind of call their team out there quite that harshly like he did two games in a row, especially with the one when he slammed the table. So that's something to – which is good. It's good. I think it's a good – well-deserved – um, but something to note, it's always, you know, managers, there's always something to do to try getting their team going. And that right. was one that could do it. And then a series like this, you know, they beat, they, I know they took Toronto after taking losing three in a row. They take that game and then you get the Mets coming into town. It's, you know, easy time to turn around. You get a couple wins against teams like that. And then you just feel better. Yeah. Against bad teams. You got to win a bunch of them to kind of feel better against good teams. You win a couple, you know, you get a, did the walk of grand slam. Then you had a couple of losses. You, you get mad, you slam and stuff, you win yesterday, you know, uh, they're up today already, you know, you beat the Mets two or three or so against some of them good pitchers, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, the whole thing turns just a couple wins, 
then you do play days, some bad teams. All of a sudden, you can win a couple of games there, and then you're, you're flying high again. Right. So absolutely something to look at. And then uh, topic of the day. There's not much currently in the game I could think you know think of our topic, but I did see the idea of challenging strikes and balls have been done in the minors. Mm-hmm. Um, awful, awful idea. I don't like strike zone, the electronic one. And if the umpire is back there calling strikes and balls, you can challenge them. Maybe two. I don't know what the, the rules. Probably two or something like mm-hmm. that. Still terrible idea. Just let the game be. You're gonna have human error in it. I don't know what's the problem. It, it's like trying to perfect the pass interference in football. Right. It's a rule. It's a, a stat. Is a thing you just can't perfect. It's not a yes or no answer. Like did the ball beat him to first base? Yes or no? It's not mm-hmm. that answer. It's over. It's over the plate. I get it, but it's so hard. The guys are doing 100 miles per hour, and you see these guys with these stats. Some of them are kind of a little weird, and some of them off, it feels like. But some of them, the ball's moving like 30 inches. I know, yeah. Going 100 miles per hour, and with a catcher there, you with a mask on, so you got your vision. The batter, I don't know, you got thousands, millions of fans. I don't know, it's all small things. But And then you're going to try to tell me he's got to get 18 inches over the plate. Mm. And tries looking at his knees, and the height of it, right, between there. Jesus Christ. I think they do just a damn, a damn other than Angel Hernandez. They do a pretty damn good job. You yeah. see these stats are like all oh, 98% accurate. Well, hell, that's pretty damn good. You go out there and do it. Yeah, make it 99 or 100%. Just leave the game the way it is. Yeah. Challenging balls and strikes. I mean, jeez. I mean, that's just... You're nitpicking. I agree. Like, you you can't even get the ball to be the same. Every ball's different. I don't care. Every puck in hockey's different. It, it's always a little different. You can't perfect everything. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Technology, there's technology in the game that helps. There's technology in the game that's going to be idiotic. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the talking to the players in the field, sure, it sounds good. It's a terrible idea. Why put more technology in that has no impact on the game? Mm-hmm. Just for some, God, God forbid someone uses it to cheat. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You can challenge plays, you know, but you can't challenge a fair and foul ball in, between, in front of the bases, but you can do it behind the bases. Where are we going to fix that? Right. If you really want technology, how hard is it to put sensors... In the basis that shows you when the foot was where the player hit the when it hit the base. How hard is that? Yeah, I can't imagine that's too hard to do. Because then you can see, oh, did his foot slide over home plate? Did it actually touch it? Well, you got a sensor in it. Well, if the catcher hits it, well, you could watch the replay. If the catcher's hit the foot hit the base and the sensor went off and then the runner got there a second later, well, you know his hand didn't get there before the, the video. Right. So why why can't we find out a way to do chips or sensors in the bases where you could then you could add or not? It's right there. You don't yeah. even need an umpire then. You really want to get into technology. That would be more of a, a better thing to do than the strike zone. Agreed. I don't know. I, I there's so many other things I wouldn't even really do that, to be honest. But there's things that you could do. And then you have rules that the the catchers at the plate, we still don't know. Oh, I know, little, yeah. You know, little baby Buster Posey rule we had. We and saw that come into play not too long ago. Oh well, so they're they're really hounded down on it. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're going to see breakaway bases at first coming soon. We all know. I've been saying that forever. Oh, yeah. When's the home run trot ending? You want to save time? Just go down and touch first. Let's move on. Yeah, like a softball game, you know. How much time is that safe? Yeah. I mean, it's just a little ridiculous with some of this stuff. Challenges, strikes, and balls is idiotic. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely terrible. I don't care what you say. If you think this is a good idea, then you're, you're an absolute problem to society. <laughs> an absolute problem. <laughs> you have no place to be anywhere in the world. <laughs> It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. You don't see them changing the pencil because it works. Some things just work. Yeah. Right? 
it just works. Just leave it alone. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, a wallet's a wallet. Doesn't change much. That's because it's just perfect. Yeah. That's just how it needs to be. There's nothing different to it. Baseball, just leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. The, I mean, we've talked... Over, you know, this is 122 episodes now. We've uh, we've talked a lot about all the technology potentially coming in and Rob Manfred messing too much with the game and what we think of it. We're definitely more... I would say we're definitely more old school than a lot of fans. You know, I, I, would, I think a lot of... Especially the younger fans like some of the more technological aspects of the game. Some. Um, yeah, I like some. I, I think, well, first of all, when they added replay, I thought that was great. Um, they still need to, to be better at it, but the fact that it's there is much better. Um, StatCast is a great tool to check route efficiency and, and uh, yeah. barrel rate and all this. Challenging uh, you know, strikes. But, I mean. yeah, that's see, that's one that th- a lot of people have been split on lately. You know, do you want the RoboUmp or don't you? I don't like the RoboUmp at all, and this goes right, in my opinion, goes right hand-in-handed with it because if, if you're... Autom- you're you're creating an automatic strike zone. Like, does it hit that? You know, does it cross it? And then it, you know, because we've seen calls where it crosses it, but you know, the catcher gets crossed up, so all of a sudden it's a ball, or or cross it, but it's still low because the ball's coming in hot and it's and it's got yeah, so much spin we've on seen it that, that it... examples where it's not right. Strike zone's just not right either. Yeah. So if that's going to be if an umpire is ninety eight point five percent accurate, and the strike zone's going to be ninety nine percent accurate. It's point five. Is it worth it? Right. Are the umpires union going to let this happen? Oh yeah. Because at one point, this is when the umpire just doesn't go out there. Right yeah, now, which sure, is... at first, he's going to be out there. What's the point of even having a home plate umpire? At, and two years, you advance it to the point where you don't need it. Mm-hmm. When yeah. You, what, what, you know, I don't know. Not for nothing, but baseball probably saves money not paying umpires $70,000, $80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I, I, How could you get behind that? And then I, our, our government and every government gets corrupted and, and people break into it, right? Mm-hmm. And hack into it? You tell me the MLB is going to be able to find a, a lockdown way where no one's hacking into that. Our government gets hacked into. Yeah, right, the MLB right. is not going to get hacked into. <laughs> yeah, find out some way to. A ball, it. ball, ball. Every pitch is a ball, and then the other teams, every pitch is a strike. Right. Uh, it seems pretty easy to do. Yeah, they'll figure out some way to to, to screw it up. You know, somehow. I mean, I'm not. You know, it's not hard. Everything gets hacked into. Mm-hmm. Big companies. Think right. MLB is not going to get hacked into? Not saying it's going to happen all the time, but all it takes is one team to hack into it and a little bit, a couple different strike troll changes, and the whole, the whole season's different. Right, right. And I There's just seen technology with the Astros, and that wasn't much technology. No, and they probably have a lot of teams using something. You know, Red Sox got caught with something. Yeah, you whatever know. the buzzer thing, we you know could have been like. There's so much technology here that you could really change a lot of things. So I'm not sure bringing more technology in is a smart thing to do. Right. And, you know, I, I just, I like the human element of, of sport. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't need to make everything technological. There's there's gonna, there's umpires that make mistakes, and that's part of the game, and I kind of like that part of the game, that there are mistakes, they, and there's interpretations of the rules. They're consistent. Oh, they're a little off the plate. You see the Yankees broadcast. Not when we talk about the Yankees a little bit, but we watch it every day. Mm-hmm. They have the thing. Well, this guy calls a little bit low, low and away. It's just consistent. Every day. It's a little low and away, he calls it, right? Well, that's yeah. just, he's consistent that way. But then again, you see on Twitter, you see like 98%. You missed two calls, three calls. Right? So how much do you want from this guy? You haven't tell you strike zone's going to be, he's not going to be 100% accurate. Right. And they tell you he's hitter friendly, he's pitcher friendly, he's a little, you know, here and there, you yeah, know. It's just not, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. More technology in some areas is not a smart idea. It's easily able to hack it and change the game. Uh, you got MLB players unions and the umpire unions, you know, it's, they're not going to get behind it. Mm-hmm. Then the minors is going to be playing different than the majors. So when players go up and down, they're playing a different game. Yeah. 
I don't know. It just seems like quite a bit, especially, you know, again, starting with the challenges and strikes and balls. You can't do that. Yeah. Not, you, you, you just can't do it. You can't challenge balls and strikes. It's every pitch. We only have a t- couple of challenges. What's the point of having it? What's the point of having it? Yeah. Just how about don't strike out looking? <laughs> just, oh, it's two strikes? Oh, it's kind of close? Maybe I swing the bat. Well, right. I, don't worry about what call it is. Mm. I don't know. It just seems I'd rather have technology in the bases with some sort of chip sensor thing to figure out if you're out or not. You already put replay air. Yeah. I'd rather have something like that than a, an electronic strike zone. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Why even have umpires? Right. Yeah. I, I, I Again, I like the human element of it, and balls and strikes would be the last thing I'd want challenged. Yeah. I, I think they could expand replays and challenges. I think they do. They can, and they could do more, like you said, with the chip sensor in the base. They could do more to help that. But I think balls and strikes, I think, is just it's such a sacred part of the game and that it just shouldn't know, be touched. You got pitch calm. I thought it was great. Yeah. You want to use it? If you want to use it, use it. Yeah. You don't have to, though. You know, you could still use put down one finger or two, you know? Yeah. And then who's running the strike zone? Then MLB ran strike zone? Or was the MLB stadium, the MLB team ran strike zone? Mm. Who's going to monitor that strike zone? MLB or was a team official? Here right. you go. If it's raining out, well, what's the electronic strike zone? It's got to be lasered out there, right? Mm. I would think, yeah. Radar I, I don't out know, there. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. Well, it's yeah. raining. What was that? Does that affect it? Mm-hmm. Or it's foggy. Hell, if it's snowing out. <laughs> if it's 120 degrees out and it's sitting in the sun all day. If it's 10 degrees out and it's sitting in the cold, is this going to affect that radar? Right. Like the pitch com we've seen is it when it's loud, it affects this, you know? It's going to have its issues. Mm-hmm. But more times it's effective. Well, we're going to get a strike zone and it's all of a sudden it's wet and now it's, it's calling a pitch and it's a backstop of strike. Right. Well, I can guarantee if they implement a robo-ump and, and, you know, adding challenges to strikes and balls, there's going to be a lot of hiccups on the way. And more time to the game. There's no way you're not going to add more time to the game that you're trying to take away. Right. Which, and, so, yeah, they're trying to take away. And no one understands the strike zone. I've seen some of the rules the other day they're trying to put in it. It's not 18 inches. It's not the plate, just mm. so you know. I think they're going to give it an inch off the plate on each side. It's going to be the strike zone. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so you're telling me, so what's much different than the than the umpires now. They're going to give, I think it was up to an inch or something. They haven't really decided on it, but it was going to be at least a half inch to a three quarters of an inch off the plate. It's going to be a strike now with the electronic strike zone. So Jeez. what the hell? Yeah. What the hell are we doing? How would we just call a strike zone? How about, so is it going to be letters to knees? Because that's the strike zone. I don't know, rule book, it says letters to knees. We haven't really got that. that, that why don't we just call that strike zone? No. Yeah. So everything becomes very confusing. Yeah, I don't know. And then, like I said, whether and other things play into it. And who runs it? Mm-hmm. Is MLB going to come to every stadium and run the strike zone? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How, are you going to put more technology in somebody's old, like Fenway? Where's the technology coming? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's just, it's a lot to think about just to challenge some balls and strikes and do some stupid stuff for no reason. Yeah, that's Before the thing. you it's... brought it up, no one ever was like, boy, we really need a robot out there. Yeah. I know. It It goes too far. It's it's like we've, we've talked about a million times. It's just the technology wedging itself in where it doesn't need to be wedged. I think baseball's done quite a quite enough yeah I think they've done a good job too you got sports that haven't done it you haven't got a a baseline like look at tennis with the baseline right Mm -hmm. NBA can't do that right how hard is that can't Mm -hmm. be hard the NFL has chain gang still for the tournament for the first down if that's not prehistoric yeah compared to what they could have compared to what baseball has it seems like baseball you're, you're maybe going a little a little too far they have chain gangs to tell me if it's a first down or not that can't be electronically programmed. I had a, a blue and a yellow line on my first down in the line of scrimmage on my TV since 1970. Yeah. 
Yeah, so why why can't they? Yeah, I agree. So I think we're just you're just pushing too far. And then you're pushing away. You, would you gain one fan, but you lose two? Well, then you don't make much money. Yeah, I don't I don't know who's really... Oh, man, I better tune in now because everything's more accurate. I don't know. You're going to lose more fans. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to lose your long-standing fans, I would think. You people are like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm not. I was already on the cusp. Some, some interest in it. Yeah. Instead of watching 100 games, he watches 85 games. Hmm. Besides going to three games, he goes to one game. I don't know. Just, I don't know. We went, we talked about it quite a bit, but the challenging balls and strikes is where I kind of wanted to revolve around here. It's an awful idea and just idiotic. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever come around to it unless they do it in such a way that would make me happy, but I just don't, I just don't know how you could do it. In a way that would make me happy, you know, because and it's it goes back to like you said too, like the umpires a lot of times they have like a ninety eight percent, you know, correctness rate. It's like I don't know what more you want there. Yeah, they have a two percent failure rate, but that's pretty good. And here you go, if they're gonna go and give me two challenges, they're gonna make two, more than two wrong calls. So you're not fixing the error. Right. You're just giving me two chances to correct the error. Right. Exactly. So you're still gonna have error. Mm-hmm. So why do it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's know. um. It's something I'm sure will eventually get there. I really do think that'll that'll eventually come to pass. Uh, I just hope it's done correctly and and it doesn't impede, you know, the game's length and the way the game is played and uh, you know. I don't know. And then all of a sudden it runs into everything. You're gonna have to get well. Oh, we don't want the strike zone because everyone's strike zone has to be the same, right? Well, go ahead. I want you to make sure you go ahead out there and measure every every mount, hmm. the exact height. Measure every plate and base. Every field's got to be the same. No more wall height difference. Everything's going to be exactly the same. Well, this team has an advantage. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, isn't it's the... difference to the yeah. game. Yeah. Then cut, cookie cut, everything. Yeah, they make every baseball stadium have have to th- have the same dimensions. You well, know? damn well no, Fenway's not 310 feet. <laughs> no. So go ahead and measure that. Yeah. So and you don't tell me every mound. Some mounds are better than others. People say it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason for that. That one might be a hair higher. Who's, me- who's measuring it? Right? I I don't know. Have you ever seen MLB a fish out there? <laughs> there it is, measured up right. Yeah. You know, I, you get no proof to tell me that first base is 91 feet away from home plate. True. Who the hell's measured it? <laughs> it's very true. So, you know, you're going to cookie cutter everything. Every stadium's going to be exactly the same, too. Why not? I, I Yeah, I don't know. It. You could take it, you know, a million different directions, and um i would just really prefer if you're going to not change something please just don't add the rubble lumps and challenging balls and strikes oh just it's just too far it's just too much it's just too much just let the game be the game just play the damn game and then when you know what you do a couple things to add to the game and the game doesn't continue to grow then you know what you play it till the game's dead i'll yeah. tell you make it do make a new game right yeah baseball 2.0 <laughs> you want to play old baseball you want to play baseball 2.0 make something different let's yeah. ruin this one <laughs> Yeah, just ruin the one you have. Bring the old one back. Yeah. I want 1870s baseball back. Now we got a ruckus. Yeah, no one has a glove, and yeah. or you got to leave the glove out there, you know. Yeah, random umpires, you're hitting people, you're punching people, you got spitballs, and yeah, see, now we got ruckus. <laughs> yeah, Tree then clubs. you got something to watch. Yeah, so, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see where, you know, where some of the technology takes us, and, and if, I, I do think that the robo-umps will come in eventually, and that they, they probably will be challenging balls and strikes, whether that's... 50 years down the line or if it's two years down the line i have no idea um yeah so um but i think we will see it. it's just you know we'll see how it gets done uh so let's move on to the wrap-up uh who is doing the best right now fourth piece of news in our news list uh the dodgers currently own the best record in the league at 84 and 36 
while the Mets own the second best record in the National League at 79 and 44. Uh, over in the AL, the Astros own the best record at 78 and 45, while the Yankees own the second best record at 74 and 48. So there are your there are your best teams. The Dodgers still on the best run differential, and the Nationals still on the worst. <laughs> in case you wondered. Yeah, yeah. Um, some teams here. I got uh, Cleveland uh, on the hot list. I should say Cleveland, the Astros. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing here. I have uh, uh, sorry, the hot list. I have the Rays, Rangers, the Braves. Cardinals, Cubs, and Dodgers on the hot list there. Okay. Um, some teams I got in the cold list, Yankees, Royals, Marlins. I don't think the Royals have scored more than five runs since the end of July in a game. Something like that, yeah. Um, uh, the Pirates and Diamondbacks. So there's some hot and cold teams I had here to mention. Yeah, uh, you know, teams on there like the Dodgers been in the hot list pretty much all year. You know, they're, they only have 36 losses, so what the hell. Um, Yankees obviously in the cold list pretty much – since you know late june (laughs) you know at least the all-star break so they're having their struggles um you know and there's you know some other teams that are scuffling and and finding their way marlins are obviously cardinals have been on both right we've seen the marlins on both we've seen the braves on both i mean yeah we've seen the rangers more on the other one than the hot one so i don't know it just comes and goes this is how it goes most of the time some teams always stay on one yeah and you know you're a lot of teams are finding their way on one of the other lists now uh, with the end of the season coming. so But you want to be on that hot list if you're pushing for the playoffs. So. But let's move on to the who's hot and who's not section of the show, the hot and cold players of the week. No surprise here. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, one player of the week. Surprise, surprise. Um, and the other co-NL player of the week was Albert Pujols, as we kind of talked about before. I don't have Pujols on the list because he, he only had, I believe he only had 13 at-bats. But he did have, uh, I think he had like five, six, seven hits or you know, hit some sort of good average there. But he did win uh, co-player of the week with Paul Goldschmidt, but of course Paul Goldschmidt on the list again. He's probably like his, feels like his 10th time on the list, you know, this whole year. Uh, So number one, obviously, like I said, Paul Goldschmidt batted 542 over the last week with a 1042 slugging and a 1613 OPS. Uh, Number two, Nathaniel Lowe batted 440 over the last week with a 680 slugging and an 1161 OPS. Number three, Adley Rushman batted 421 over the last week with a 789 slugging and a 1311 OPS. Number four, Gene Segura batted 421 over the last week with a 579 slugging and a 1057 OPS. And number five, Sean Murphy batted 391 with an 870 slugging and a 1351 OPS over the last week. So, some definitely familiar names with Paul Goldschmidt on there, but some more unfamiliar names like Adley Rushman and Sean Murphy and Gene Segura coming back. So he's he found his way on there. Yeah, yeah, I got most of those guys there. I also got uh, Ben Gamble. Playing well, mm-hmm. uh, Miranda for Twins. Yeah, Bell well. You know he's in the Rookie of the Year chase. Nathaniel mm-hmm. uh, Lowe, you know, so some of those guys really hitting the ball well. Um, yeah, some pitchers doing well. Johnny Cueto been nuts. Um, JD uh, Brudebaker went seven or eight shutout innings the other day for the mm-hmm. Pirates. That's good for him. Nick Lodolo for the Reds, one of the prospects there pitching well. JP Sear has been good. Yeah, the A's. I think in his last two starts, he's only got like one run. Or two runs in his last two starts. Pretty good. Um, Pierre, Pete Fairbanks for the race. Pitching mm-hmm. well um, since his return and got a couple saves over the last week. Yeah, that by that by uh, committee bullpen the Rays got over there. Ruckus, you know, yeah. They just have anyone and everyone come out and pitch whenever. No, that's good. Uh, Johnny Cueto, it's a surprise. Quite the surprise he's been. You know, I think he won AL Player of the Week. He's had like a .5 ERA or something over his last few starts or something ridiculous, so... Well, let's move on to the cold players of the week, the cold hitters I have. 
Number one, I have Mikey Shremsky, batted 050 over the last week with an 050 slugging and a 186 OPS. Uh, number two, right behind him in the same team, Brandon Belt, batted 056 over the last week with a 111 slugging and a 216 OPS. Uh, number three, Luis Urias for the Brewers, batted uh, zero over the last week with a zero slugging and a 227 OPS. Uh, number four, Jared Walsh, batted 059 over the last week with a 235 slugging and a 346 OPS. And number five, Taylor Ward, batted uh, 059 over the last week with an 059 slugging and a 249 OPS. So two Angels, two Giants, and a Brewer. So that perfectly encapsulates those teams, yeah. them being on the cold list, you know? Yeah, before I get into a few of mine, I'd like to know how the guy has a 200 OPS if he hasn't got a hit and he has zero slugging, zero average. How his OPS be two-something? Yeah, I guess he's just uh, getting a lot of walks. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it seems to be pretty hard to do. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Anyway, some cold guys like I hear, Ryan Mountcastle's been cold of late. DeJong, even though he came back, he was you know, hitting pretty well there for a couple of days there. He's been cold. Mm. Rafael Devers, been cold. Uh, Pete Alonso has been struggling over his last 13 or 14 games, but especially over the last seven. Yeah. And Jeremy Pena, uh, I know he was still in the rookie of the year race. He's been cold here really for the last couple of weeks. Um, some pitchers are not doing well. Cutter Crawford, obviously getting destroyed here over his last couple outings. Alex Wood got beat up of late. Uh, Sandy Alcantara against Dodgers, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. He doesn't pitch well against the Dodgers. Yeah, and really. Yesterday he pitched three and a third. Six or three and two thirds, six and runs, I believe. I guess not the absolute worst, but for him, not great. Yeah, for him, definitely not good. Frankie Montas, bad since he went with the Yankees, other than one start. And Jalen Beeks has gotten beat up, beaten up a little bit with the race. So there's some pitchers there that aren't exactly doing the greatest over the last seven, ten days. Yeah, yeah, Alcantara a bit surprising. I know he gets, you know, I guess he gets beat up by the Dodgers, but still a guy who really has just been shut down all year and really yeah. eats innings I is the thing. At this point. I believe at this point he's like about six innings his last three starts against the Dodgers, and I, boy, it got to be about 21 earned runs. <laughs> his last that's, three that's... starts against the Dodgers. Um, you take those starts out of his year and his career, boy, that's big numbers. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he gets beat up by them. He has some, um, uh, has him on the docket again late this week as of now. So we'll see if he can master it. He's a great pitcher. His last outing yesterday wasn't quite as much. The first two, obviously, got destroyed. It was quick, you know, destruction. Right. The other one seemed to be a little bit more of a, you know, a couple of hits and then a big hit and a walk and then a couple of hits. It seems like he just wasn't too far away from being out of it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he can change it around because he's uh, he is the NL Cy Young right now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And hopefully, if there was two bad starts, it doesn't cost him the whole award because he's been the best pitcher in just about all baseball all year long. Yeah, we'll see where he you know, where he ends up with that. But I think he's a Cy Young, uh, unless, you know, he, his last starts of the season are just completely bad. But um, I think he's pretty much got it locked. I, I wouldn't say locked up because knowing the writers, but for me, it's locked up. He's also you got know. like 180-something innings already. Yeah, it's, I mean, especially in modern Three baseball. Three games, I believe. Yeah, modern baseball, that's really impressive. And really kind of keeping the Marlins, even though they're not quite in the hunt anymore, really kind of kept them in it all year because that was a win every five days. Even though he right. might not have got the win because, you know, they don't score much, hmm. he – most dominant pitcher in the yeah, National League. Absolutely. You don't want to face him, in my opinion. Well, you don't want to, no. You got him on the docket. You know, we've got to win the next game because we're not winning this one. Yeah, this one's going to be a rough one, yeah. Yeah, so next little bit here, some injuries. Really was not a big injury week, so that's good. Um, we had uh, Albert Abreu placed in the IL with the Yankees. Clay Holmes placed in the IL with the Yankees. And Scott Efros placed in the IL with the Yankees. So the bullpen is gone. Uh, Ismani Grandel placed in the IL. Paul Blackburn for the A's. Going to be shut down for the rest of the year. Carlos Carrasco expects to miss three three to five weeks with a side issue or oblique issue. 
Um, Corey Knebel done for the season with a knee injury. That hurts the Phillies bullpen that's already kind of shaky. Yeah. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez on the IL with the Phillies, another pitcher that's going to hurt the Phillies. Not great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joey Votto shut down for the year, getting yeah. surgery on his shoulder. Um, he had a funny comment. He said, "I thought I, uh, I thought I just sucked. Now I know it was just because I was hurt." <laughs> so, Jesus. Um, and uh, Anthony Sensantella hurt his knee. He's out for the season for the Rockies. Mm. Um, some of the good news of things: Mullins, he missed a couple games. He played yesterday, a little league World Classic. He's also going to join Team USA for the World Baseball Classic. Yep. Uh, Wander Franco shut down from his rehab assignment with some renewed hand soreness. I don't think it's too serious. They don't not too concerned about it, but there was expectation was he'll be back like today, and um, that's delayed obviously by a week or two at this right. point. Um, Zach Britton could be on the horizon for the Yankees here. Come September, Stanton expected back Thursday for the Yankees. <clears throat> Max Freed came back; he was on the concussion list. Mike Soroka's pitched some rehab starts. He should be coming back here in the next couple of weeks which would be great news for everybody in baseball. Mm-hmm. Tyler Glasnow continue to progress. He could be a weapon for the Rays in September, at least out of the bullpen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bryce Harper starting his rehab assignment and expected to be activated Monday, September 1st, as of now. Uh, Jack Flaherty pitching great in his rehab assignment so far. He should be back here in the next week or two, mm-hmm. which would help the Cardinals. Hopefully he come back and be close to what he's supposed to be, just be on the field. Yep. Uh, Green for the Reds progressing. I know it's you know not much for them, but you know big-name guy. Sure. Big prospect. Blake Trinan should be activated for the Dodgers soon. Kershaw expected to be back soon without rehab assignment, which is pretty weird. Mm. Um, and Chris Bryant, still really no timetable for him to be back for the Rockies. Kind of a lost year at this point for him. Yeah. So there's the injury news. Um, definitely more on the getting healthier side than the hurt side. And there's only like eight names, nine names on the hurt side compared yeah. to 15, 16 on the good side. Yeah. So. Yep. Other than that, last thing I got here is our trivia question. And uh, it's a good one. <laughs> Which team, post-1900, has the highest win percentage in a single season? Not that most wins, highest win percentage, mm-hmm. post-1900 in a single season in the MLB. The answer is the 1906 Cubs were 116-36 and 36 with a 763 win percentage. <laughs> they hold the record, which is pretty impressive because they have 116 wins like the Mariners did. Mm-hmm. No one really talks about them, but... They have the highest win percentage, 763. This is pretty incredible. Pretty good. But then again, technically, you really want to get into the full realm of baseball oh, and professional baseball. The record is held by the Cincinnati Red Stockings of 1869, <laughs> who went 67 and 0, but went 57 and 0 in the National Association of Baseball, two words, players. So they technically have the record of an undefeated season and well, the highest win percentage because it was a thousand. And then I'm going on to win, I believe to 81 and they lost an extra inning. So they have the record of 81 straight wins, I believe, or 80 straight wins. So technically I guess they have the record, but the MLB, I would say record post 1900 is definitely the 1906 Cubs with a 763 win percentage. They have the highest in a single season. It's just, yeah, it's just like pre nineteen, you know, pre nineteen hundred is just a wild west of just rules and problems and people. Sixty seven and zero, and then fifty seven and zero against actual professional teams. The yeah. National Association of Baseball Players. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, Cincinnati Red Stockings just destroying teams. And then they, the game they lost to break their streak, they lost an extra innings, like eight to seven or something. Yeah, of course they probably had the same pitcher out there from the day prior, and you oh, know, yeah, well, they probably played six games that day, you know. Yeah. 
We just had like the same the guy out there whipping the ball around. Almost like the Brooklyn. I don't even remember what the team was. It was like Brooklyn or something weird. Yeah, I don't know. God only knows. Brooklyn, I don't even know. Bandwagon beaters or something. Yeah, yeah. Know. The Brooklyn Blue Stockings or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? The Brooklyn, yeah. Barefoot or something. <laughs> so, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. So, that's um, just because we did the Dodgers. Kind of mm. chasing down some records and win percentage. And the Yankees were in that hunt. Some other teams are kind of still in the hunt. But win percentage, I'm not sure quite if you're going to get that. You'd have to no. win like 122 games in the regular season to probably even get close to this, right? Yeah, you'd have to yeah, you'd have to win like what your total would be if you have a really good season and then add your playoff wins, but make that your regular you know what I mean? Like you'd have to win like 120 regular season games. It's just like so it's a, yeah, it's even be close. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's to, just to get close to it. I mean it's just not it's not realistic. Could it happen? Sure. You know. Yeah. Look at the Dodgers now. They they got only thirty six losses. But they'd have to just win out in the next like you'd forty have to games. Get four losses, and you'd have to go one hundred and twenty-two and forty to even be close. Yeah, you'd have to go on a forty-game winning streak. So good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's the trivia question. Other than that, I really don't have too much. That's it. Yeah, that's that's really all I have too. They're, you know, slow week, but you know, following the weeks of news we did have, this is obviously expected. And with the weeks ahead, um, there's going to be a lot of stuff with the. You know, divisional races, wild card races could get really crazy. Uh, the AL, I think they're all tied as of recording this. They're all have the same exact record or same winning percentage, I should say. Um, the Orioles, I believe, two games out of it. Yeah, with the Orioles. And the Orioles, I think, would be leading the AL Central if they were in that oh, division, yeah. which is incredible. Run away with um, So I'm probably going to have to get a tattoo. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we should have done it this year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. Was, I think this year was the Pirates. Yeah, which they, I'm looking good on that one. I so think we went with the Pirates this year. Yeah, I think I'm all right there. Last year it was the Orioles, or two years ago it was the Orioles. Yeah, it was, like, it was like it was like shave your head, right? It was like yeah, I think it was two years ago because the you know for the COVID year they there was a chance I guess at least you know you know uh, but there also was a chance they went ten and fifty that year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very true. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean you know other than that I really don't have much else. Um, Real quick, you now know. you think about that COVID year, the way the Reds started, boy, they would have. They were like three and thirty-three. Oh yeah, they would. Yeah, they would have broke the record for lowest winning percentage, probably. Through sixty games, they might have been like fifteen and forty-five. Oh yeah, would yeah, it would have been rough. It would have been a rough go of it. If that, <laughs> yeah, they would have been. That would have not. Yeah, or the Diamondbacks last year. That run they were on sixty games. Boy, oh they my were, god, they were like what eight and forty-nine. Yeah, something like that. Like through May, you know. Jesus, oh, <laughs> think about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so anyway. you throw those teams out there. Holy crap. I, just, I don't know why I just thought of that, but anyway, I can continue. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I got. Um, you know, there's not much else uh, that I really have to bring up, so, you know, if you want to wrap this one up, unless you got anything else, you can wrap her up. Oh, that's it. Um, just uh, football's on the horizon. College football's back in, like, a week. Mm-hmm. NFL's back in, like, two weeks. So football's on the horizon. Baseball, obviously, dog days. We're coming right to divisional races, wild card races. Uh, playoff schedule's getting released. So, um, exciting. It's um, every win is bigger now than they ever been. So just yeah, and every injury could be devastating. You yeah, know, the injury could be the injury, year. It could be that's it. So yeah. um, it's exciting, and we got a lot to watch, and um, just exciting part of the year for baseball and a lot of other sports. Yeah, and football obviously coming. A lot of people are very excited about. So um, a lot to look forward to. But yeah, if that's pretty much it, I guess we can wrap this one up. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. 
You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLaPree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLaPree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.